Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. As always, I am your host, Bon Wilson, um, and we are now currently sitting at uh, four weeks away, uh, for maybe perhaps four and a half weeks away, from the gyms opening down south. I think everyone, uh, by the time this podcast goes live, there will have been an announcement from Sturgeon. Um, I, I record these the week before they go live, I always tend to be a week ahead of myself, so... If there has been an announcement, um, well, I'm hoping by the time this goes live that there has been uh, for those people in Scotland that we are roughly the same because originally we were all thinking they would be perhaps closer to the end of April. Um, but hey, fingers crossed. Um, I, I'm now going to begin the slow process of uh, changing my client, current client's programs over to uh, back to, to gym-based. Um, you know, how, how, how I do it is... Everyone's obviously on a gym-based program. We changed over to a home one um, as of December time, and, and I've made some alterations to some clients' programs. Um, you know, in regards to their their split or the exercises and whatnot. So I'm going to have to go over um, and look at you know every single one and make the adaptations need be in regards to volume, exercise selection, etc., etc. Um, for when the gym's opening. And if you're a coach listening to this, rather than do it all on the same weekend, uh, which I've done. Uh, had to do uh, coming back from a honeymoon. Uh, what I suggest you do is um, just do like two or three a day now for the next effectively a few weeks and you'll be done by the time the gym's open. Um, and then that way, rather than you have so much work to do in this sort of big stressful event the weekend before the gym's open in a couple of days, um, it's then all done and you can just continue to work as normal um, and you'll, you'll be able to, to take on board new clients and not have to push that back. Because, uh, of course, you've got to serve your, your current working clients first um, before new ones were, are able to come on. So today's episode, what is it all about? Um, I've done one uh, similar to this uh, a long time ago now. Um, it was sort of the how to design your, your leg day. Um, this will be more sort of how to design your uh, how your, how to design your push day or a push focus day. Um, and I hope that it does help. There will be an article going live similar to this uh, in a couple of weeks. So again, if, if you can't, um, you know, I try and put out similar content on both the podcast as well as the articles, as well as the Instagram posts, just because I understand that people will digest, absorb information um, in different forms versus others. Um, you might be one of those people that, that likes the podcast. You might be one of those people that prefers to read. Um, so yeah, I will endeavor to continue to do that. Um, I will get some guests on here soon. Um, as I said, it's been pretty manic with uh, with things, but I, I always find that I'm always able to, to ramble on about some uh, about something, and, and hopefully the, the rambles provide you with a little bit of value. Um, if they don't, then, then that sucks. Um, maybe perhaps not listen to this, but uh, yeah, if they do, please let me know about them. Uh, you know, share them on your Instagram feed, uh, your stories and whatnot, so that others can can benefit from it. But anyway, to on to the topic of today's today's podcast designing your push day now I'll, I'll admit sort of back in the day you know i would be one of those who would train chest on a monday back on a tuesday shoulders on a wednesday uh, you know etc etc and that sort of like bro split was something that it did work for me in my early days um and i think that works for anyone really especially if you're a complete beginner but you know after trialing some sessions where i would kind of add in a little bit of shoulder work as well i, I kind of never went back um, to that old bro split and I've always worked sort of chest, shoulders and triceps all in the one session um, and I think over the years there's been a 
there's been an ever-growing trend between um, sort of serious gym goers to switch over to more of this sort of push-orientated upper body day um, over the, the, the bro split. That doesn't mean that there's people out there that don't still do the bro split and have incredible success with it. I just feel that from like a, a beginner standpoint, even up to an intermediate standpoint, a push day is far more effective. And unless you are like ridiculously big and have a lot of muscle mass, you'd probably benefit more from doing a push day um, where you incorporate everything uh, over just the, the sort of splitting them up. Um, however, the, the bigger that you get, the more you maybe have to split them up. But for right now, put a push day and then increase in frequency across the week, maybe maybe hit push a couple of times across the week, uh, would be far more favourable in regards to um, in, in regards to muscle growth. Now, you know, the, the thing is that there's so many different opinions out there, so many different methods out there. It can kind of leave what you know leave you feel a little bit confused. Um, so I guess the purpose of, of this this podcast is to go into just the factors that you need to, to consider or I'd like you to consider if you're thinking about designing your own push day, you do your own programming, uh, maybe perhaps you don't have a coach right now financially, um, you know, it's a, maybe a bit of a struggle with lockdown and, and furlough and whatnot. So hopefully this, this can help, um, maybe perhaps help you design your own, own push day um, when you get into the gym and, and maybe perhaps you can design your own leg day as well if you go back and listen to uh, one of the other podcasts. So I think the first thing we need to establish is a certain muscle groups. So before you kind of get into the gym or, you know, whether it's your back garden or whatnot, you kind of need to sit and assess, like, what is it actually that you need to bring up? You know, you, you could be a female listening to this and it's probably more than likely you don't want to add much muscle mass to your chest, um, but you maybe want a big cap on your shoulder. You know, that would be indicative of a, of a bikini girl, right? In contrast, you might be a guy, um, very much like myself, that wants to build a, a big chest, um, big shoulders, but, but either way, you're kind of going to have to decide this when you program because there'll be some females out there that, that will want to work on their chest, such as perhaps figure athletes. So there's a few questions I would want you to ask yourself. Number one would be, um, especially if you are like a, a competitor, would be, you know, do you need to add more muscle mass uh, to that sort of top line shelf, I call it, of your chest, that upper portion? You know, do you need to bring up your lateral delt, if you're wondering what that is, it's just the middle part of the shoulder. Or are your triceps perhaps lacking in size compared to the rest of your physique? This might be something that you ask yourself, even if you aren't a competitor, it's just something that internally, what do you want? Is is there certain parts of your physique that are kind of lacking, that one, one is a bit more dominant over the other and perhaps you need to then try and address that? So when you, when you read those questions back to yourself, you can see that it can be a little bit more sort of complicated than you once thought. And here's the thing, like the chest, delts and the triceps, all three of those muscle groups work in, in some, some of a synergy. So having a, a weak link in the chain will ultimately compromise the other's ability uh, to produce force on some lifts. For example, if you've got weak ass triceps, um, it will affect your, your pressing. If you have big ass delts in a weak chest and you decide to decide to go below your active range, then the delts will sort of take over. So there's a, there's a few things to consider and ultimately what we want to be able to do um, is we want to give it the, the big fucking beans on, on every exercise we're doing, on the targeted and, and intended um, muscle group that we're trying to train. So first things first, obviously we're going to consider which what, what we need to bring up. Now, after that, we, we kind of then need to, to make the make your weaknesses the, a priority, right? And you're probably thinking, well, Vaughn, that's, that sounds fucking simple. So 
it, let's say, you know, I think we maybe perhaps need to take use an example um, on this. So let's say you've assessed your physique and you've went, you know what, it's actually my lateral delt um, that is, or lateral delts, middle part of the shoulder that are lacking in size, and I want to bring up their sort of size and uh, and density. Um, it would then seem simple that you want to be putting these, you know, really early on in the workout. Maybe perhaps you put them in in first, you know, when you're fresh, ready to go, um, and can, can, can put like maximal force into each set that you're doing. You know, if you were to leave it near the end of your workout, you'll be going in fatigued. Um, so therefore your performance, force output, muscle fiber recruitment, all that will be slightly compromised. Now that's not to say that you um, can't do it later on in the workout. Personally, I do. Uh, but what I'll tend to do is I'll do my heavier work um, at the start. And then towards the end, it's more like higher rep metabolic stress work, um, which if you want to know more about that, again, just listen to earlier podcasts. So. The lateral delts themselves are actually quite a, a fairly small muscle group. They can't produce much force at all. And, and what I've often found in both males and females, they need to be trained uh, quite frequently across the week to notice the response, particularly more so in females. Um, they are usually a very strongly desired um, you know, want by both male and female, uh, whether you're athletes or just your, just your average Joe that's looking to, to, to build big delts. Um, but in the competitive realm, uh, you know the competitors that want to see this will be the the men's physique athletes, the the girls that are they're in the bikini classes, um, and if you're a non-competitor, you know the bigger that that lateral delt looks. If you're a guy, it's going to make you look wider. If you're a female, it's going to add to that sort of hourglass shape look. So, as I said to you, I've often found that putting it at the start of the workout works really, really well, um, and then putting it more towards the end and doing your sort of higher rep, your drop sets, your rest pauses. Um, often work very very well if you were thinking about um you know total sets across the week um for females i've often found that almost sometimes up to 14 sets across the week specifically for lateral delts generate a really good response however that's me speaking in generic terms and everything that i will speak in will be sort of generic or hypotheticals because it always comes down to the individual whereas for guys i found they need a little bit less, um, for example, maybe maybe more sort of eight to nine sets across the week. But that just shows you the difference there. Um, so another thing I want you to try and consider as well, and, and this would be more sort of, um, you'd probably understand this a bit more if you could visualize what I'm talking about. When I do the article for the website, I'll put some, some photographs in there so you can understand what I mean. Because I think the consideration as well is that people don't actually know if they're hitting their upper chest um, how they should be and that's something that like personally as a male like I've always wanted a, a big chest particularly that upper upper part that sort of top line the shelf um, however you want to call it and, and people can often find it quite challenging to to add tissue there and it's, it's, it's really really easy um, to understand why now the, the muscle fiber recruitment in, in that area is, is governed by the angle of your sternum or you know if you want to if you're layman's terms, your breastbone. So if we're thinking about a um, like an incline, an incline press, we want to keep that angle quite steep, right? What you'll see a lot of guys do will be they'll they'll put like a 30, 40, you know, I personally do a fifty degree, fifty degree angle press, and they they really arch their lower back. They completely flatten that sternum, and then they, they effectively are just doing a flat press. So then that's when the sort of tension, the muscle fiber recruitment, would come more from the lower fibers 
don't be wrong, the pec's going to act as one, but if you were one that's really specifically target and buy attention towards that top line, um, you're doing yourself a disjustice by having that big old arch. Now, I feel that from personal experience, it's all it's all often um, okay to have a, a slight lower back curve. It helps stability in the scapula to drive into the bench. I don't think you'll ever press with a completely flat lower back, but it's just bearing in mind, like be conscious of it when you are pressing. Um, and the the recruitment of those fibers can also be governed as well by just the direction of your arms throughout a movement. So if you think about like cuffed flies and going uh, in a direction which would be sort of upward above the head, um, that would that would recruit more so that because they'll be more involved in sort of um, flexion of the of the shoulder joint um, versus the lower fibers. So I guess what when you do after watching this, right? When you get back in the gym, right? Here here's a good tip. Just like just like sit and just have a look uh, at people doing an incline press and just see if you can notice, you know, a little arch in their lower back. You know, if you want to go up to them, by all means, I'm not saying go, <laughs> go up to them, but uh, it, it should give, should give you an example of how actually quite common it is. And I just think it's just, it's not misinformation. It's just perhaps people just don't know. Um, and I hope that this sort of podcast can, can help um, educate yourself on that one. Um, so when we, we when we discuss, okay, right, we're thinking about sternum angle and we probably then should also take into consideration uh, just your range of motion when you're pressing. You know, big fucking Jimmy is maybe telling you, um, li- listen, the bar needs to touch your chest on every single rep to ensure you're working your, your chest fully. Um, so you might do that. And then if you're like me, <laughs> what, what you might find is that the heavier you start to go, it actually probably leads you to bouncing the bar off your chest um, just because you're, you're maybe perhaps are eagle lifting a bit. So what I'd say, you know, as the years went on for me, um, I've learned that this could be further from the truth, right? Personally, due to my biomechanics, if you watch me press, if you watch my Instagram stories, you'll see that I never actually touch the bar on my chest whatsoever throughout any movement. Um, and there's a reason for that. I find that when I do, the move itself becomes a it becomes more like shoulder dominant, especially at the angle that I press from. So I find that, you know, bar comes down, touches the chest, my shoulders go, oh, we're going to take over here, we're going to help you out, and I get less in the chest. Whereas if I find that I stop, maybe perhaps, I always say, if you if I had like a tennis ball attached to my chest, that's probably where I would bring the bar down to, is the top of the tennis ball. And I found that in that position, I'm able to really initiate, contract, turn on, however you want to think about it, direct tension towards my upper chest, and then press. That's where often, you know, I think in my early days, I, I fell down. I would just bounce the bar off my chest. I wouldn't think about initiating. I wouldn't think about contracting. I would just think, right, fuck it. Let's just let's just fucking go as heavy as we can, and let's see what happens. So, for me, I found that since stopping a few inches above my chest, you know, as I said, I can contract my chest greater, um, and ultimately just build a bigger chest because number one I'm thinking about so so guess the, the past sort of five minutes of, of chatting there what do we need to think about well number one we're thinking about okay on that incline press let's keep a steep sternum angle steep breastbone angle number two let, let's stay within your active range of motion not what big Jimmy is saying not what that big guy on Instagram's doing just like what works for you if you're going to ask me how, how do you figure out like what how, what works just it's trial and error right um, and understand that you're gonna like everyone's gonna give you their opinion on what you should and shouldn't do but just 
stay in your lane. And I, I honestly think that if you were to take those two things into consideration, you would see a huge, a huge improvement in your chest development here over the course of like an eight, 10, 12 week period, especially if you go into the gym, you're able to lock yourself into like a Smith machine, lock yourself into like a hammer strength incline, um, or even like a conversion, in, conversion incline press, um, you, you'll notice a huge, huge difference. Um, so we've covered so far, we've covered the muscle groups that you're gonna think about, um, that you know, what, what you're gonna sort of start with in regards to making your weaknesses a priority, um, actually how hit your upper chest and then the range of motions. There's four things already that we're gonna take into consideration. I think that it's probably, it's probably wise that I only go into a, a couple more because I, as I said, I don't want to, 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 to overwhelm you, but I think there's some key key things that you've got to look look at and take into consideration. So I guess the next one would be, you could say exercise selection and an exercise order. Now, the exercises that you program in, um, you know, they should be designed to bring up those weak areas, but also, you know, I touched on this just briefly, was this should suit your biomechanics. Um, you know, ju just because Big Jimmy is like, listen, you absolutely must do, you know, dumbbell flat chest press to build a big chest. It doesn't mean you need to. You know, personally, I don't do any dumbbell work and the reason is that every time I do it, I always get really sore, um, like, lift, uh, like the pain in my left forearm, particularly on the kickback. I find that I can't control my lower back quite as much. So I always favour more of a, an incline press machine or like an incline smith. Um, you know, exercise selection will and should always be person dependent. Um, and factors such as biomechanics, ability to contract muscle mass, exercise you connect well with, and even your, like go as far as your personal likes and dislikes will play a huge part in that selection process. So by all means, you could be, you could have downloaded a cookie cutter program, genetic program. Hey, we even have one on the on the website, just a just a, a guide for you to start with, somewhere to go with. Um, you can download and, and then make it your own, but it doesn't mean you need to follow that to the T. You know, we, we said, you know, exercise order will of course, you know, bias your weaker muscle groups first. Um, and then you may want to sort of then look down the line of hitting all parts of each muscle group. And you might be thinking, well, what do you mean? Like, well, if we look at the the shoulder itself, well, that's actually comprised of three different heads. We've got the anterior, the lateral, and the, the posterior. We're just going to simplify that and say front, middle, and, and, and rear. Um, you may want to ask yourself, you know, do you actually need to hit all three? I said there you need to hit each one, but do you actually need to? Like, are you are you someone that has a, a fairly big, you know, front front part of your shoulder? So then you need to think, well, do I actually need to, to do an exercise that is solely, you know, dictating tension towards that front part of my shoulder when it's actually quite dominant, it's actually quite quite big and if I was to do so it would just again continue to overpower and um, come on in some moves take away tension from my chest when when ultimately I don't want it to you know that you might be thinking well that's not a not a bad thing um, but what I would say is perhaps if you were continuing to, to, to put tension towards a, a strong muscle group you're maybe perhaps taking taking your focus away 
on on sort of bringing up those those muscle groups that are a little bit weaker. Remember that point earlier on, what I said about all those muscle groups working in synergy, working together. Um, people often forget that, right? Is that personally, I won't do any sort of, maybe I do one exercise for the anterior head of the delt across the week. Why? That front, that sorry, that front portion of the delt of the shoulder. Um, I've been saying delt quite a lot when I should just been saying shoulder because some people might not know what the, the term delt stands for. But if you don't, then then you do now. But for me personally, um, I do a lot of, of pressing for my chest. And on that, because of the position of where my arm is, that shoulder, like that, that, that front portion of the shoulder, it's being worked. You know, it's just, I'm, it's, it's, it's there as a secondary mover, right? So the chest, the main mover, doing, doing the majority of the work. But then the, the shoulder's taking a little bit of the, like, stability part of it, the secondary mover that's helping that primary mover move the weight that you're trying to lift. So, again, I suppose exercise selection order, that is, it's two things, but I'm just going to, just going to say it's, uh, it's, it's in one. Now, the last point. Um, I'd like to make, and I suppose it's maybe trying to just keep this uh, keep this one a little bit shorter. I say that, but I always tend to fucking ramble on anyway after I finish the finish the points, don't I? Uh, but anyway, triceps, uh, your triceps in general, they're they're often the ones that are looked at last, aren't they? Right, you're probably sitting here listening, thinking, yeah, I'm more sort of focused on my my chest, my delts, getting them fucking huge, and then all of a sudden, right. It, it, you know, you do that for for maybe a few years, and then all, all of a sudden, you get to the point where you go, "Holy shit, my triceps are fucking bollocks!" <laughs> right, and and I hope that you don't get offended by that because that was me. Right, I competed in twenty seventeen, and then after that, I was like, "I'm never competing again." Fuck ever training arms. I can't be bothered training arms, and um, it's shit. I just want to be big elsewhere. And then when I decided that I what I, I did actually want to compete again and. You know, I competed in 2020 and I did fairly well. Um, I actually look back at photos and I go, wow, my triceps really actually, like, and my biceps, they really, like, they let my physique down in certain shots. Um, so so please don't, you know, learn from my mistakes and actually please do hit them. But um, what, what I would say is that you might actually still work them but might find that they're lagging behind. They may have... Uh, stopped getting bigger they may have stopped getting stronger um, or their just size hasn't increased uh, for a while it's lagging behind the chest and the shoulder development and and it's it's often and most commonly due to the fact that you are probably hitting them last in your workout you know you're you're smashing out smashing out your chest smashing out your delts you're really fucking giving it the beans big old hee-haw um, and by the time you get to your triceps you're fatigued not only physically, but but mentally as well. You maybe perhaps aren't as switched on as you were at the start. Um, you know your sessions. If you're like me and you have a training partner, they might go on um, for almost a couple hours. So when you get to that after that hour and a half marker, you might to then start flag a little bit. You might start thinking about you know what you got to do later on in the day. Um, you got a bit of work to do, or just just in general, maybe just not as energized as you were at the start of that session. I mean, you can argue and come back and say, well, maybe you need to work on staying switched on. Um, which I would, I would probably agree with you. But another way that you could sort of flip on his head is like, well, if you have for years, for a long time, always done your chest and your shoulders first, what if you flipped it on his head? And, you know, if, if it's your triceps that are now the weakness, what if you worked your triceps first? 
and you, you're, you're going to come at me and you're going to say but Vaughn that's going to then impact my pressing on this that and the next thing and I'll say well yeah well but you'll get used to that and then you'll still be able to get stronger you'll be going into it with your triceps a little bit fatigued but at the same time you're going into you know your triceps are at the start of the session they are, you're now going into them fresh you're training harder so they're going to respond so sometimes it's not a case of oh I need to do a bit more tricep work a bit more tricep volume sometimes it's a case of I need to actually put these a bit first in my workout you know and you might be doing sort of a couple of push days across the week or you might be doing a um, you know sort of a push day and then more of an upper focus day where triceps are in there um, put, put them first see how it gets on or what, I, what I've kind of found um, that's worked really really well for some clients is literally having an arm focused designated day now that might mean like me personally I'm training six days but that arm day honestly it's not too taxing um, I don't feel that that you know if you're a general population you really don't need to train any more than four times a week but this is you know you're in the bodybuilding this is something serious um, by putting in an arm day you're not you shouldn't be deemed as <coughs> you know some people say oh you put in an arm day you're fucking pussy and you're like that well actually you're actually being smart um, because ultimately it's a weakness of yours or by, by changing the order people say oh why the fuck are you doing that you're an idiot well I often say see when people when people come at you with that sort of response about something that you're doing the, the reason that they come at you with that is because they often just like they don't understand and it's it's like human nature and it shouldn't be but it's human nature that if you don't understand something you automatically try and put that other person down and um, to make yourself feel inherently better and you do this you know you can do this subconsciously but if you are conscious of it and you kind of know that you, you don't do it but you'll see so many people um that will try and be negative towards something that they simply do not understand and the reason i could say that is because i've been one of those dudes before man like back in the day i was a bit insecure I, knowledge wasn't quite as good and i would like put down methods that i thought well now nah, well, that's a load of fucking shite then i'd learn about it and i'd kind of go in the back of my mind uh actually i was pretty wrong there um so what I'd say with anything that I'll say, it's all in the hypothetical, but please, please do approach it with a, a little bit of an open mind. Um, and if you were to try some of the things from this podcast or the ones before and they work, let me know about them, man. It's, uh, it's why I do this podcast is to try and help help you guys out there, um, you know, develop as, as bodybuilders, develop as physique athletes, bikini girls, or, you know, even if you're just the average Joe, want to take your physique to that sort of next level, that elite level, um, that's why I try and endeavour to do with these little, I say little podcasts. Uh, I know I've done some before with guests that have been perhaps over over an hour long. Um, the ones I tend to do on my own will be between 25 um, and 30 minutes. I enjoy doing either or. Um, it's just that at times I'll, I'll be very focused on uh, you know, trying to get guests on. Um, but then at other times just when, I, when I'm not focused on that, I'll just do do ones more on my own. Um, and hopefully you still get value from them both. So... I think that kind of covers it. You know, as I said, if we were to, to, to surmise the factors you need to consider, number one would be just the muscle groups um, that you want to improve. Number two would be making them sort of a weakness uh, or making that weakness a priority in your workout, maybe perhaps putting them first. Number three um, would be hitting that upper chest, how to do so. Number four, the range of motion when, the range of motion when you're pressing and keeping that angle, um, that sternum angle nice and steep and staying within your active range kind of go hand in hand 
Number five would be the exercise selection and order. And then number six, what to do if your triceps aren't growing. So I hope that, that, um, I hope that those sort of factors help um, in regards to you designing your own push day. By all means, if you are uh, unsure, if you would like a little bit of feedback, by all means, you can drop into my DMs. I think that it would be wicked if you jumped on the website and downloaded for free. Um, our We've got like a, a male and a female program up there. Um, the male is a push pull leg split. Uh, it, it, it's always an example. It's, it's something to to get to see. Um, and all you need to do is, is download to download that. Um, you just you have to input your email address and it's emailed to you um, immediately. Um, so make sure you do check to jump because sometimes it'll go to there um, if you do decide to download that. So guys, that is it from me. Here's hoping that by the time this podcast goes out, um, there's not as long to wait until the gym's open. Um, and wherever you are, whatever you do, give it the beans.